My name is Sarah Goodyear, and I am a co-host of the War on Cars podcast, which um, the War on Cars, we started uh, making the podcast in 2018. Um, the first episode was September 2018. And uh, we took our name from the familiar, uh, familiar to anyone who tries to get a bike lane installed or parking taken away. Uh, but that, that's a war on cars. The well, war on cars. You got to hear it in like an old man voice. <laughs> right, exactly. War on cars. Uh, so we decided, okay, you're going to call us the war on cars. We'll call ourselves the war on cars. And, um, Hell yeah. and so it's, it's me and Aaron Napperstack and Doug Gordon. Aaron uh, is one of the founders of Streets Blog, um, which started in New York and then, you know, has now been in LA and Chicago and uh, there's national version. Um, so that's that Aaron was the one who founded that. And amazing. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. And I went to write for him uh, way back in 2006. And, uh, and then I went on to work at a lot of other places. And then Doug, our third co-host is um, also known on Twitter as Brooklyn Spoke. And he's a bike activist and producer and just all around um, great smart guy and so the three of us made this podcast and so we we're trying to look at the ways that automobile dependence has shaped our society from the physical level to the sociological level um, how does it change people's behavior what kind of financial burdens do people live under because of auto dependence what kind of environmental effect does it have? How does it change the way we relate to each other as human beings? How does it change the way our cities look, uh, our, our health, all of those things, our mental health? Um, so we look at all of those things. We, we put out episodes every two weeks and, um, and we really try to make shows that people within the, you know, sort of, transportation advocacy world will relate to but that also people outside of that world will relate to and that we really want to reach people who have never even thought about cars and we call that car blindness you know as people just huh. cars are like completely transparent to most people it's just right it's just like air or you know water or whatever it's just there are cars and and no and they don't question that um, and and, and, and you, you think about the amount of money behind car marketing is it's, it's it's unreal how much it's fourteen billion dollars a year in car marketing yeah. Yeah. gets spread across the United States. It's unreal. It it is unreal. And and we've done a couple of episodes. We did a, an episode about Super Bowl ads last year that was that was pretty fun. And then we did. Another episode uh, where Aaron, it was called Infiltrating the, uh, the Auto Show, and, and Aaron went to the New York Auto Show and kind of looked at how they um, do, their, do their magic there. Um, right, right, so, right. Yeah, so like we like to talk about all the different aspects of cars and how they, how they mess, mess things up, basically. So right. um, there's an endless, we could... You know, we will never run out of ideas at this rate because 
cars are just connected to everything and they, they ruin a lot of things. And obviously they have their place, um, but they do not. This is just too much. There's they do just, not deserve the place that they have. And it's right. enormously destructive and it's, it's enormously expensive. Yeah, it's yeah. enormously destructive economically. Like we're like people spend $30,000 on a car that's going to be worth $15,000, you know, two or three years later. Like they're losing yeah. wealth and it's, it multiply that by the amount of people that depend on cars, car dependents that uh, are spending right. this kind of money. It's, it's unreal the insurance and the maintenance and the, yeah. you know, and the parts and the tires and the, I mean, it's, it's a hugely expensive thing. And, um, and yet we just don't even, you know, our, our world is set up in such a way that for most people, it just becomes an inevitable expense. It's not something that you can, that you can live without yeah. doing. And, um, and that's really, destructive to people on a personal level and then you know it's it's bad for for public health obviously emissions um and air pollution are a huge cause of uh respiratory and cardiac disease which is something that people just don't even realize frankly and mm -hmm. yeah and noise and um so it is interesting having cars stop for a while right i mm -hmm. mean <laughs> quote unquote stop i mean people well, are still driving but like I've seen pictures of, of freeways in a lot of American cities that just basically don't have cars on them. <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, LA, I haven't run into traffic. I mean, I'm, I do go out in my car to do errands and so forth. And I have traveled across the city in record time because there's no traffic. So at rush hour, it's really, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's um, surreal. And I, I hope, I wish this LA would never go away. This is the LA I like. Yeah. You know, it's quieter and I don't know. Yeah. But um, I mean, I guess the question is, you know, can, can or will our elected officials and our planners learn any lessons from this or, are they just going to be so desperate to get back to normal that they'll, you know, they'll, they're just going to ignore the lessons that they might take from this. I mean, that's to me the biggest question. And right now in New York, I got to tell you, yeah, the mayor's closed a few blocks for people, but it is nothing. It is nothing. And it's not accessible. The part of Brooklyn that he's closed off like a mile and a half of street uh is a, a an hour and a, it's like an it's like a 40 minute bike ride from my house <laughs> you know it's not uh -huh. i'm not gonna i'm not gonna ride over there <laughs> to like go down one block you know what i'm right. saying right. so and and there's six thousand miles of streets in new york and he's opened up like i don't know 10 or something i mean it's ridiculous <laughs> so um, you know, we need much, much more of that. And I, unfortunately, in, in our case, I don't think our mayor is going to be open to those lessons um, because he hasn't been open to those ideas, particularly in the past. So that's unfortunate. It seems like your mayor is, is much more than ours. I seriously cannot see our mayor <laughs> calling for cars to stop. Never. 
He's, yeah, but I mean, like, even to have more bike lanes or more something. He's like, no. such a weakling when it comes to that stuff. Like, I mean, he's done some projects here and there, his great streets projects, but he doesn't. I've, I've actually, I've personally sued the city of Los Angeles over a bridge project and gone through a battle with him. And, and there was a group on my side and everything. And he just didn't go to bat he could have easily gone to bat for the you know for bikes and for pedestrians in several key projects that i've been involved in and watching and uh he just doesn't he's he he doesn't back the uh Saletta reynolds who's our our ladot general manager was brought in and touted as somebody that would be pedestrian and bike friendly and would get things done and to do that she needs the mayor's backing and he didn't he didn't give it to her in in, in a lot of areas but um you know i don't know mayor viragosa was actually was actually pretty forceful when he came in and decided to have uh bike infrastructure um you know we have our moles in the ladot that that um will report back or, you know, let, let us know what's kind of going on in the inside. And it's like, he caused, you know, there's, there's an entrenched car culture there and Mayor Viragosa caused some, like a lot of ruffled feathers and they had to like mm. harumph and like do it. Yeah. And this mayor is not doing that. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, that's sort of what we had here was Bloomberg and don't get me wrong. I, for all his faults, but yeah, on, right, right. On this right. one issue, um, you know, he was he was quite progressive and a lot of stuff happened under Bloomberg. And then when de Blasio came in, it was sort of like, oh, yeah, we're going to continue building out the bike network. But it's been it, it just there's there's no conviction behind it. It's not something he believes in personally. And so it doesn't mm. really. But, you know, there he's going to be out in a couple of years and and uh let's hope that the next mayor is going to be is going to be moving us forward again we've got some people who who might run for mayor who probably will run for mayor who are much better on this issue so we'll see um but you know yeah it seems it seems sad if if they can't learn something from this you know what i mean like right i mean no matter that how car centric you are like you still like even people I know who really love cars are looking around and going like, wow, this is interesting. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, you know, it's all about the narrative that gets through and a lot of people are just sort of sitting on the fence about anything in life. And if the media goes along with it and starts talking or you know whatever the media is but you know you got your mainstream media but you got social media you've got what we're doing if we keep chirping about it people will hear it's just you know the forces that are going against us are supported by billions of dollars in car advertising that, that yeah. supports their news networks so it's you know it's hard to get that narrative through incredibly because Everybody, you know, knows somebody that was in that was a victim of traffic violence if they weren't themselves a victim at some point in their lives. Oh, absolutely! It, it, it just feels like there should be a coalition. I mean, you know, in Los Angeles, I'm glad to hear that one is formed in 
in New York, but we should definitely have something like that here. Families for safe streets. Like, you know, you, they, know, they, you should, you should look them up and, and, um, and get in touch with them because they're incredibly, they're like, you know, imagine that you lose your, your child or your husband or your, yeah. you know, sister or whatever. Right. And that, that you're strong enough and, um, and focused enough to pick up from that and to turn that into advocacy. And that's what those people have done. And I know a few of them personally, and they're just incredibly brave and focused. And they, I'm sure if they could get hooked up with the right people in LA would be happy to share their experience. And I mean, I don't want to speak for them, but you know, that's what they do. They're, they're going right. around and, and saying like, we will not be silent about what we have lost. Right. It's, very, it's very powerful. Very and, powerful. Um, very, it's, I've been... moved, it's, it's moved, it's moved the le- legislature, the, the legislature in Albany, which is like notoriously <laughs> just not responsive to citizen lobbying. They went in there and they, followed the senators, state senators and assembly members around and until they got what they wanted. Wow. Um, it was, that's it was inspiring. Great. Yeah. That's it's really inspiring. Good. Yep. We, we need that so bad in California. We have it. We had it. There's, there, I mean, streets blog has been a tremendous asset. I, I, I follow Aaron and I follow Brooklyn spoke on Twitter. My Twitter is Wolfpack hustle. And I definitely I follow will you. Do, you. do you follow yeah. me? Buttermilk what? one, Sarah Goodyear. Uh, I'm buttermilk. One. Yes. Yes. yes you, must, so, you must follow me. I know you. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and I know Damien Newton and I've written for yeah. streets blog LA. And, yeah. And um, that's been a tremendous asset here. And also Aaron Sosnick. Um, I don't know if you know mm-hmm. him. You probably yep. do. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's a lot of potential there just for some reason. We're just not getting it together here. And I just like, I don't know if you got that email, Nick, but um, LACBC's Colin Bogart. I don't know if you know Colin, Sarah, but yeah. he's like a major pillar of the LACBC, the bike coalition here. He got laid off and oh, no. they're, they're down to like, the, like he was like the last, he was like their most important pl- employee. Um, uh-huh. In fact, I would almost say like the executive director should have stepped down and, and Colin continue on in that role better than, than to have what is going on now. So it's, it's looking a little dire for them. So I feel like an organization like families for safe streets could step in here and, and build a coalition. Cause you know, the thing is, is like bikes have gotten so much pushback here. And uh, I think it's, it's just, there's a lot of people out there that, that, you know, that are dependent, they're car dependent, and it just seems impossible for them to ride a bike. But if you, if you catch them on times like this, or when they're walking and things like that, I think um, that that's where you could build a coalition that maybe where an LACBC um, isn't so good at doing. So, yeah. I think we need well, to make I mean, a point it's, to it's a tough, I mean, LA, I know LA quite well because my dad used to live there and my best friend lives there. And I, you know, I've spent a lot of time in LA, so I know how mm-hmm. challenging it is. I, you know, it's, it's a huge challenge for, for trying to, 
to have any kind of impact that that helps people to reduce car use even you know it's like it's it's one thing in new york or san francisco or boston or chicago or whatever but in la it's still it's still really really tough to um to get yeah there's, there's, there's a lot of by design development that happened in the 40s and the 50s where they they put they started separating through zoning like um, residential commercial um, and even the ability to build something that's like a mixed use type development gets uh, restricted here so we have a lot of we we have some great bikeable neighborhoods like Silver Lake Echo Park Santa Monica, Culver City, um, even North Hollywood is pretty bikeable, even though that's in the Valley and Burbank and places like that. Yeah. And then we have these vast amounts of uh, just poor auto-centric design that happened in the 50s and the 60s, which, yeah. uh, you know, so it's, it's like I'm thinking like politically speaking, like if there was like a bike lobby that was focused and organized here, I would want to simply just get into the small grid areas of Los Angeles and just have work on just little small, you know, three mile radius neighborhoods in Los Angeles and make those little bike utopias. And and like this, this crisis, this pandemic seems like absolutely the perfect time to be identifying what those areas are just precisely for what you were talking about before that people are you know that people are getting out and walking around their neighborhood and seeing what that means what is the human scale of my neighborhood how far can i walk with my kids comfortably um and and what is within that radius like suddenly just the same way that we're cooking out of our pantries more right now right it's like oh well like what can i make with a jar of artichoke hearts and some pasta, you know? Right, right. I'm about to do that tonight. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's what I did tonight. Uh, So, but like, you know, um, and and so in the same way, they can see their immediate surroundings in this new light because it's like they're suddenly constrained in this way and they have to, and and you look around. You have to be resourceful. You have to be resourceful and you might make the best pasta like wow this pasta is great you know that i can make that out of you know ingredients that cost like a dollar fifty and in in the same sense it's so important for them to have a good experience when they step outside and walk around right right and that and that car owners i mean i don't know if you're experiencing this there but here some car owners it's like they're finally living the dream of the car commercial right there's like they're driving <laughs> in new york city right. and there's nobody else on the street so they're like zooming around and yeah. and you know plus they're like finally in the apocalypse that they bought their land rover for so <laughs> it's like you know oh yeah this is it i'm i'm a superhero now i'm i'm bringing the paper towels back to my family in my, in the land rover and like <laughs> you know going like 60 <laughs> miles an hour through a residential neighborhood oh my oh, god yeah know, that, like... <laughs> i've seen it here i've definitely seen it here although people are driving calmer in general oh are they i, I do see the racer types still i mean the other day i was there's bike lanes in front of my crib and 
I was out taking the trash out and someone drove into the bike lane to pass somebody else and came really close to me. Mm. And I just, it just was like, guy, you're rushing up to a red light right there. I see you stopping. I'm going to get in my car, drive up and like knock your window out or something. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, <laughs> well, I, I got to say something though. I got to say that I've driven in a lot of cities around this country and I've ridden a bike in a lot of cities around this country and LA is the people are pretty good. People, the drivers are very well behaved compared to what they are here in New York. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. um, I've ridden in New York bef before the bike lanes and after the bike lanes. I'll tell you this, New York is what, what I feel safer in New York because it's all in slow motion. Right. And and also it seems like, you know, rude gestures and yelling is just sort of part of the the <laughs> landscape and nobody nobody wants to take it to the next level. Uh -huh. You know, like they're just sort of like, ah, yeah, F you, you yeah, know, yeah. done. Yeah. Over yeah. here, like, sure, people are generally and the the mass of people are driving okay, but there are the you know, the streets are so fast. Yeah. That even somebody that's that's just mildly misbehaving is very threatening, you know, yeah. on these yep. fast streets. Yeah. And uh, definitely if you like get into it with somebody here, like, I don't know, it's like, I mean, I'm sure it'll happen in New York too, but you, you could get into some, some, some kind of altercation. Just yeah, more serious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something. Yeah. I can see that there is a lot of, I mean, yeah, I think it's partly because New Yorkers just live up against each other all the time. <laughs> just, you, so it's like you have to be able to like just be like you let know, off some steam, let off some steam, and then just walk away. Because yeah, but if if you if you couldn't walk away, then you just you get into too many fights. I think is what it is. <laughs> I think I think um, I think in LA too, you're just like inside this bubble, and there's music, and you know you're in yep. your lounge chair rolling lounge chair and then all of a sudden someone flips you the bird like yep. somehow you just get way more raged up for some reason and that's that's, uh. that's really interesting but yeah <laughs> i i um i have to say that that yeah here it's just more it's just more lawlessness like like people are more rules right. about thing in la like especially like on the freeways and stuff, like freeway driving in LA is, is so orderly compared to driving <laughs> on the highway in New York. Like driving on the highway in New York, anything could happen. Like, you know, people will do any old thing. And, I, I and would call it, I would call, I've definitely been in a cab in, on the freeway, driving in the emergency lane, whatever. <laughs> I would, I would call New York a get in where you fit in type city yeah, like transportation. Like yeah, just, yeah. if you got a spot, no matter where it's at, just get in there and get, keep going. Yeah, exactly. And just, yeah. you know, watch out for everybody else and they better watch yeah. out for you too. So, yeah. So it's just a different culture, but, um, but I, I mean, you know, it seems like LA that the streets are so wide, I you know. know, there's so much space. Like you could have protected bike lanes on so many streets in LA and it could become a really meaningful part of the transportation network. You know, I, I mean, it's, it, it just, it just, it absolutely could happen, but you it's know. just that the voters, the, the people that the politicians listen to out here are generally like 
the homeowner boomer types that just yeah. were raised on car culture. And I mean, I've been in my neighborhood standing on the corner with a, with a bicycle doing nothing, not in anybody's way, just literally standing on the corner. And some guy in a big honking four by four drives by. It was me and Joe Linton, um, who's a writer for streets blog, mm. big honking four by four. He's just like, go back to China. I'm like, what? <laughs> that just happened. That just happened. Oh, that's so like, awful. It's awful. It's a, it's a classism thing here. Like they're just not yeah. used to seeing uh, people on bicycles getting their way. And it's it's cultural. It's classist. It's yeah. it's uh, it's pretty wild over here sometimes. I mean, I think that, all of that class stuff exists in various in various permutations in, in every sure. city in America. It's yeah. It's just here. It's like there's enough people who are. Uh-huh. you know more affluent who ride for transportation but then they're just like all hipsters like you know that's <laughs> it's like sounds like san francisco too it's hipsters and delivery yeah. guys and and that's how how people who ride bikes are dismissed um <laughs> you know even though there's just a tremendous range of people who use i, I mean you know there is a very very robust bike culture uh, in New York now, and it's really, really changed over the last 10 years. I mean, it's, it's been a dramatic increase in the last 10 to 15 years. And I say oh, that as, as someone who's lived here almost my whole life, and I've been bike commuting since the 80s. So oh. I've really seen it all. And, and it's, it's definitely people who ride bikes now expect something. They expect some kind of accommodation. They expect some kind of respect on the street. It's not, it's not a complete fear. It's like, it used to be that either you were just terrified the whole time or you were just had to be a real cowboy and get get out there and just ride the rodeo as hard as you could. And you know, like, that's how I grew up riding. I I'm, I'm fine with that. I still can ride like that. But like, but once I had a kid, I was like, maybe I don't want him to have his mom die like that. You know, right, that, was, right. that was like, that was the thing that really slowed me down. I was like, Hmm. And then that was right, right around the time I had him. He's 18 now um, is when. Oh, wow. In, congratulations. Thank That's you. Amazing. Yeah. He just turned mm. 18 last week. Poor kid has 18th birthday under quarantine. Can you imagine how uh, awful that is? Anyway, Did you guys have a Zoom birthday party? We didn't have a Zoom birthday party. He, you know, <laughs> he, we just had a regular little thing, just, for, uh-huh. you know, the immediate family. And then, um, you know, he FaceTimed his girlfriend. I mean, what are you going to do? It's, it's, it's a sad story. But, um, um, I, had a, I actually had a Zoom birthday party yesterday. My friend, my friend set up a secret one for her, for our mutual friend. We had like 25 people. It was like kind of a bike oh community thing. And it was the funnest thing ever. And then I oh, had to tune cool. out. I, I took them on a bike ride. I, I have my uh, iPhone mounted on the handlebars. So like <laughs> I brought them with me to the store. And then like I went away. And then like three hours later, I got back. And a bunch of people were still on there. I was like, guys, come on. Like, actually, this is pretty fun. Well, that's like, cool. <laughs> that sounds really good. Well, I do think it's good to get out on the bike. So I, I did get out on the bike today and um, and it made me feel so much better. And there's, and like, I just, if <laughs> I, I almost didn't, I almost didn't get on the bike today. And I was like, I'm going to be talking to you guys tonight. 
I've got to get out there. And I wrote, <laughs> and I swear it was like the freest I've felt in weeks. <laughs> and um, so, so if anyone out there under quarantine who's been thinking, I want to go on a bike ride, but I don't know, what's it going to feel like? It's going to feel good. So get do out it. there and do it. If you can do it safely, you can do it with social distancing, being responsible and ethical. Get out there on the bike because the bike always makes you feel better, right? Absolutely. We sound like, um, <laughs> we sound a little culty, I guess. Oh, Screw it. I love bikes. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's just true. I, I, it's, just true. I, I, it's totally, <laughs> totally, you're, you were like my, like, uh, like you were describing utopia and <laughs> I I'm doing the same thing. I'm going for bike rides every single day. In fact, my friend just texted me who lives down the street. We go on bike rides every single day and it's been so beautiful. We're discovering new trails. Um, awesome. just, yeah. It's just, yeah. So, so Hey, pre- so, um, so I, I kind of have to go now. That was Sarah Goodyear from the War on Cars podcast. Next up, Michael Snyder from Streets for All. Michael, what are you doing? Tell us about Streets for All. Streets for All is a relatively new organization in the city of Los Angeles. Our goal is to make the streets safe for everybody, as our name implies. Um, Right now, cars have the majority of road space and are preferenced in a way that makes buses, bikes, scooters, and even walking not that pleasant or not that reliable or not that safe. So um, at Streets for All, we simply want equity in our roads. Um, We want things like a network of protected bike lanes, dedicated bus lanes that preferences the bus over single occupancy vehicles, for example, and makes the bus a more attractive option. Uh, we're a huge believer in micromobility and the part that scooters can play and can share the infrastructure for the bikes. So those are some of the things we want. Um, we are LA's first political action committee dedicated to this cause. So um, we are not a 501c3. We have incorporated as a PAC and therefore can raise and spend money on candidates running for the LA City Council that share our values and that will commit to making change once in office. So uh, we've already been active for the primaries um, that took place about a month ago, and we'll be uh, active again leading up to November. And we just believe that if we have a city council that shares our values, we're going to get what we want. And that's the goal. Have you had um, contact with Nithya and CD4? Yeah. So um, since the pack is on hold right now, and um, we're not doing anything political at the moment. We have the freedom to talk to candidates and see what their values are, et cetera. And so um, our kit we were supporting was Sarah Kate Levy um, leading up to the March primaries. Obviously, she didn't make it, but Nithya did. Um, and our campaign was really more uh, anti-David Rue than it was um, anything else. So as soon as, unfortunately, Sarah Kate didn't make it, um, we announced our endorsement for Nithia, and we will be supporting her leading up to the November elections. Awesome. What, is, uh, what does that support look like? What do you think? What are you guys thinking? Well, what we did leading up to the March election was we created a series of video ads, and then we spent money on Facebook targeting those ads just to those council districts. Um, so that's what we've done in the past. What we do towards November could be that. It also could be more traditional, like mailers, 
Um, it could be yard signs. Uh, not sure yet, but working on fundraise plans and, uh, you know, assuming this whole city's not in lockdown, uh, working on raising more money to do even more than just the videos that we did last time. Right on. Right on. Yeah, I saw one of the videos that you made, that you guys made Which for one did you uh, see? Lorraine Lundquist. Uh, yeah, the children's book. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was good. You know that that helps. So I'm glad to see that you guys are doing that kind of work. Um, can't wait to see what you do with Nithya. We had her on the radio show, and she was just I I I loved her. So I mean, she was great. So she ran a great campaign. Um, yeah, and incredible that she came within I think three points of David Rue. That's just amazing who's so much better funded and obviously the incumbent yeah uh, she ran a great campaign um had a lot of passionate volunteers um had a very just slick style to her messaging that i think resonated so yeah i'm definitely on uh on board you know it's funny that the mayor is certainly not taking cues from us but he's been doing slowly a lot of the things that we've been thinking about since the beginning um the pedestrian push buttons to cross the street, or as the bike community likes to call them, the beg buttons, um, are such an obvious uh, wrong thing right now during COVID-19. You don't want people sharing hard surfaces like that. Oh, so right. Great, great. Yeah, great point. The the mayor announced, um, I don't. all the days are playing together, it was either late last week or early this week, I think it was last week, that he was going to disable the buttons, which we love, and we would love that to stay that it's way. gonna it's gonna default to walk now it's going All. to yes it's gonna it's gonna cycle through a light cycle without someone having to request to walk so uh-huh. i don't know what the exact timing is but let's pretend every 90 seconds it will change to red and allow people to walk without pushing a button and interesting the, the speed's been amazing um this week they did downtown la they did um I want to say parts of Echo Park, and they did Koreatown, and that's just in a week. So, um, you know, when the city wants to, they can actually move pretty quickly. And when the mayor, with his emergency powers right now, says this is a good thing for the situation, things can happen quickly. So, we're hoping to work with the mayor's office and uh, make this easy, find local partners to make it easy on LADOT and the city because their resources are focused on saving lives as it should be. But we also think. Short, this is not a ventilator. This is not masks on the front line. I, totally different uh, ball game there. But after you get past those needs, there are other needs of the population that also should be taken into account. That's fantastic news, actually, because um, I've talked to some of the, the council members in the past and some police enforcement officers about this. The lights, as a car driver, you know, I'm trying to drive hypermile type of style so you know not speeding up to a red light and stopping like timing the lights and one of the tools that i use is the countdown on the crosswalk so that i know what stage the light is at so i can properly time the light and it's always been frustrating to see that these lights will just have a red hand and you have no idea what stage the light is at. And I, I kind of feel like as a driver, it makes you really anxious. It makes you want to speed up. There's just like a timing issue where you don't know where that light's at and you speed up to it and you make a stupid decision at the last minute. I feel because of that condition. And I've been like arguing that the pedestrian groups in this town want to see all the lights default to walk. 
and this is a great time to do that and also i think we can make the argument to car drivers like hey this is actually better for everybody i know we're not supposed to be using the crosswalks as countdowns but i think a lot of drivers do and if we default to walk and we give you an honest countdown i think drivers will even come on board for this i agree to me the big picture is we're in a crisis situation we don't know what normal is going to be when we're going to go back to normal and it's not going to be normal it's going to be a new normal so what does that new normal look like I think people have enjoyed that we've had the healthiest air we've probably had in 100 years. The air quality in Los Angeles and the air quality in Honolulu have been the same for a lot of days in the last few weeks. That's amazing. I don't know if statistically fewer people are going to get sick and die because of pollution and they're not going to get cancer and they're not going to get asthma and all these other things because of the situation. It would be a very uh, crazy irony if we lock down because of one virus and at the same time we're saving a lot of lives because our air is included. So right. um, also traffic accidents, traffic right. crashes. Traffic right. crashes are way down. So or do we have do we have statistics on that? Um, LAP, LAPD this week announced something. I, I don't have it up, up off the top of my head, but um, there's been a dramatic decrease. I want to say 40 or 50% decrease in crashes and injuries from crashes. So you know, fantastic. when you zoom out and you're like, we are literally killing ourselves through the air we breathe and the choice of the transportation choices we make, this is an opportunity for as a society for us to rethink this stuff. And right now we're just advocating for this to be temporary, but I'm not going to hide the fact that I hope that some people will get outdoors and be like, man, I would do this every day if this existed all the time. And as a city... Right. We can, we can start to rethink our priorities and rethink the city that we want. So when normal does come again, it's a, diff- it's a new normal. It's not the old normal. That's my hope. Right, right, right. Right there with you, man. Good work. You're doing great work. I see the emails. Um, I see the actions that you guys are doing um, so far. New group in L.A. We need you. So I, as a longtime bike advocate, am stoked to see what you guys are doing and Adrienne and, and uh, it's just very hopeful. So thank you for doing this and please keep going. And we want to have you checking back in with bike talk and giving us a report on, on everything you're doing. Um, as we bring the, the show to a close, you know, let's get all the social media addresses out there, the websites, anything that you want to promote the people that our listeners should direct be direct to your Twitter address and that's that sort of thing. Yeah, if you're inspired, please go to streetsforall.org um, and register. Our Twitter handle is really simple; it's just Streets for All, and Great. we're also on Facebook at Streets for All. So we need all the support we can get. That doesn't necessarily mean money. If you're in a position to contribute, great, but that's not the main pitch. The main pitch is trying to get everybody rowing in the same direction in the city and trying to get the change that we deserve. Awesome. Thanks, Michael. Michael. Thanks, guys. Have a good weekend. Bye. Amazing. All right, that was Bike Talk, KPFK live streaming COVID mode as we do this on Zoom. Thanks for tuning in. I rise in the morning and greet the day. Pull out the bike and I'm on my way. And transportation shows I care. Every turn of the pedal cleans the air. Green in the green. I'm saving the planet, just like my friends Daryl, Sean, Toby, and Janet. No greenhouse gas, a 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Bike Talk. If you want to hear more, go to kpfk.org, navigate to programs, and choose Bike Talk. On the Bike Talk page, click on the archives link to play or download shows posted in the last four months. Go to biketalk.com and copy or click on the RSS link to subscribe. Our Twitter handle is BikeTalkPFK. On Facebook, we are Bike Talk. You can become friends and join our group. 